seeing what they do. Do they show their intention? Like, I'm going to call you again tomorrow. I'd love to go out tomorrow. Or is it a game? And more often than not, because, you know, it's it's typically a game because I think people don't know how to date. And that's when I know, okay, nope, not for me, because that's a sign of their leadership. And, you know, especially as women, it's like you want to be with someone who is a leader because that's going to impact your ability to lead. And so I think that's so good. And it's a great indication um, of how they'll one day lead your family and yes. lead, you know, your children and your relationship. And it just is indicative of so much more than just do they like me. I believe God put a specific light in your heart for a purpose, for you to shine it into this world in a way that nobody else can. A light that is unique as the print on your finger. And our job is to take that light and go love people with it in this world. Everywhere you go, you have a ministry. You don't just have to be a preacher to have a ministry. Your light is your ministry. It's how you shine it at your job, at your family, at the dinner table with your friends, at the movies, at the park, at your apartment. Everywhere you go, you are made to shine your light. Do it. Be it. Love people, be kind, honor them, honor yourself. This is made to shine. I'm so excited for this episode because I have my beautiful mom on with me. Mom, say hey. And we're talking about relationships. So last week I sent on my Instagram story, questions you guys had on relationships, not just dating, not just maybe you're not dating, being single, but also marriage, kids, all the stuff, which is why I wanted my mom on with me because selfishly, I get to experience her beautiful wisdom. Well, I have been for the past 25 years. She's the first person I call for anything relationship advice. And so I want you guys to, to get to experience that, but also She's lived a lot of life. She actually has a birthday tomorrow. So I won't make you say how old you're turning. 26. Um, But you've lived a lot of life and you've been through a lot of things and you've learned a lot of things. I love the quote. It's not experience that makes you wise. It's evaluated experience. And I know you've evaluated a lot of experiences of yours. So today we're going to tag team going through a list of questions. There's no way my mom and I were looking at this beforehand. We are not going to get through all these questions, especially with how much we both talk, but we are going to get through as many as we can. So let's go ahead and kick it off with question number one. Mm. How do you know you're in a relationship worth pursuing? I'm not going to say, we're not going to say the names of the people who submitted them so that we, we keep their, their privacy. Um, how do you know you're in a relationship worth pursuing? Mom, I'm going to toss it to you for the first answer to this. Okay. Um, well, a couple of things, I think you've got to look outward and you've got to look inward. I think you've got to look outward at the person. I mean, is this person someone that you want to be with? I mean, look at them. Do they have the qualities you want? Are they, are they honest? Are they kind? Are they thoughtful? Um, do they treat you well? 
And all of those things, are they the package that you're looking for? But then I think you've also got to look inward because sometimes I look and the person checks all the boxes. But when I was dating, they maybe it just didn't give me those butterflies, you know, or it, it, it still wasn't like I didn't have that spark. And I think you've got to also have that inward feeling as well. It's got to be both. I love that you mentioned the inward feeling because I think sometimes, especially in Christian culture, we we have like these, you know, do they believe in God? Are they a good person? Do they have good character? But, you know, it's also important that there's a spark. It's also important that you get butterflies and get excited to see them. You know what I mean? You're not dating a milk dud. You're dating a person and you need to make sure you connect with that person. So I love that you said that. Uh, the only thing I would add to that is um, in, in kind of what you said, but the one of the best pieces of advice I've ever heard in this department was date according to values, not interests. And in that regard, you know, I think a lot of people, oh, you like to work out? I like to work out. You like movies? I like movies. You like, you're vegetarian? I'm vegetarian. We're made for each other. And those are all great interests. But when it comes to like, do you want to have kids? Do you believe in God? How do you believe? Like, are you someone who wants to go to church every Sunday? Or is it okay if there's a tennis tournament and you can't make church for your kids? And I remember that's something, that's a piece of advice you always gave me. Like with finances, are you financially compatible? And in order to pursue someone who has similar values, you first have to establish what your values are. And so I think going back to that inward outward connection, you were saying, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Okay, mom, no, you take the question. What? I love that. And one thing I'll add on that is I think, um, I think it's so important. I think so many times, like you said, people do think, oh, we both love tennis. We both, you know, they, they look at similar interests. And sometimes I say, if you have similar interests, that's great. But I mean, I look at like your dad and I, we have a lot of interests that are not similar. I mean, he has things he really enjoys that I really don't and vice versa. And sim not having all similar interests, I actually think it can be a great thing because it gives you, it lets you also be an individual in the relationship. You can continue. And I think that's important that you find somebody who respects your interest, even though if they're not their interest, but values are non-negotiable. If you don't have similar values, that is really, really hard to overcome. So, so I'm glad you made that distinction because it's easy, I think, for people to mix up what is an interest versus what is a value. Yeah. Values are non-negotiable. They're the foundation you are building your life on. You're raising your kids on. You're building that relationship on. Yeah. Um, okay. Super, super duper. Question number two. Have you ever been in a situation where the relationship isn't bad, but you feel called to end it knowing it could hurt the other person? What did you do? <laughs> I have been in a situation like this. I feel like you've been maybe been in a situation like this before too, mom. Yes, you have. I remember. Um, not to expose you, but yes, I have. And I've also had it happen to me. Like I've had people break up with me and I was devastated. I didn't understand it. I thought the relationship was awesome and it hurt me. Uh, but they felt called to, to break up with me. And I'll let you give your advice hereafter. Um, I would just say what I learned, it was such a hard decision, but you get to this point where you're like, and that's where I do believe 
God gives you those nudges and you know it's kind of spirit led because I remember in my experience, there was nothing on the outside that said this was a bad relationship. This isn't good. It wasn't. It wasn't like he was a bad guy. It wasn't like there was anything to hate or anything happened to me, but I just knew it wasn't right. And um, I remember one of my mentors told me staying in that relationship, knowing it, it is hurting him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's hurting him because you're preventing him from having the chance to go find someone who does feel a hundred percent certain that he is the one for them. And when I was told that my perspective changed, because I was like, wow, I always thought ending the relationship was going to hurt him the most, but no, it, staying in that relationship with him is actually what was going to hurt him the most. And, and that was the situation when guys broke up with me, I look back and, and they were great guys, but I'm like, thank God that relationship did not last. I mean, I was so butthurt at the time, but thank the Lord almighty that he gave them the strength to break up with me. Cause that relationship was headed nowhere fast. Yeah, no, I mean, I actually really have nothing to add because I would have said exactly what you, what you, what you just said. I mean, I'm one of those people I hate to, I hate to hurt people. I, I just don't I have a, you know, there's nothing worse to me than if I thought I've hurt somebody's feelings. And so I had many relationships where I sort of hung on thinking, oh, I'm not really feeling it, but I don't want to hurt them. And, and like you said, just dead on, I mean, the best thing you can do for them is they deserve to find someone who is just head over heels in love with them. And that always, once I realized that it sort of gave me peace with the decision and vice versa. When it happened to me, even though it hurt, it allowed me to say, you know what, this is for the best because I deserve someone who wants to be with me 110%. And even if, you know, that person wasn't the one they are out there. So, and you also deserve to be with someone you're 110% certain of. And that's what, you know, I had to remind myself, which is like, we both just, I mean, we don't deserve that because we don't necessarily all deserve anything, but you know, if we're going to live a life in love with someone, you should be so head over heels certain that they're your partner for life. Yep. No, I totally agree. Awesome. Okay. Question number three, and this is for you because I've never been married, mom. So how are you supposed to feel leading up to the wedding? Hmm. That's an interesting Ooh, question. That's a good question. Um, so, I mean, you should feel excited. You know, I didn't have like a big wedding. You know, dad and I, we got married in Scotland with just about, I don't know, maybe there were 30 people there. So I, I didn't really experience like the stress like that I've heard of brides talk about, you know, that a big wedding it, there, it comes with some stresses. I didn't really have that, but I would assume that that's probably normal. Um, the excitement, um, you know, a little bit of butterflies. I mean, I think nervous a little bit because things change. But overall, I think, I still think at the end of the day, I really think you should be feeling no matter what all those feelings are, just the nervousness, excitement, there should be still a really good feeling of peace uh, within you with, with the decision. Um, you know, sometimes I, I've, I've heard comments of people, you know, saying, oh, you know, I'm about to get married, my, my, my life's about to end, or, you know, it's about to, and I'm like, what? That's a terrible comment. I mean, I, I don't think you should feel that way. I mean, it, it, if you feel like your life's about to end because you're getting married, maybe your life as you know it maybe is about to end, but you should feel 
like your life is really just about to get better. It's about to, you know, new experiences with this person. And um, at the end of the day, I, I really think if before wedding, the the overriding feeling should just be one of love and peace with the decision that with what you have ahead. Hmm, I love that. I won't even try to add to that because I've never had this, but good response, mom. If I was about to get married, I would have loved that response. Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Question number four. What if the person you're dating believes in God, but doesn't follow him as devoted, as as devoutly devoted as you do? Hmm. Okay, I'll take a stab at this and I'll toss it. Um, I once heard it put that when it comes to like your partner in life, I mean, your, I mean, I'm sure you can attest to this with dad. Your partner is significant in your life. I mean, it is probably, I would say, the most important relationship besides your relationship with yourself and your creator because even your kids, I mean, like you are now, you're about to be an empty nester. We leave and you're stuck with your partner you know, and so are not stuck with, but you're left with your partner. And so that being said, I think it goes back to that values thing we were talking about. I mean, if you, if your faith is important, if it's the cornerstone, if it is just a huge focus in your life, I would suggest it would be very hard to be tied to someone who is maybe running like a three minute or sorry, running like a 20 minute mile and you want to run a six minute mile. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just know from, I'm using a running analogy, but yeah, I mean, you and I are fast walkers, mom. It's frustrating to walk with someone who doesn't walk as fast as you and you want to walk fast. Like, so I imagine being in a marriage where you're, I mean, you're just wanting to know God and put God in everything. And it's not just, I believe, but you're following it would be really hard to be partnered with someone who's walking a 20 minute pace and you want to walk an eight minute pace. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think what you said is, is just spot on and it, that goes, it goes back to, to the values. And I think it's, you, you just have to realize that going into it, you have to know what your values are, sort of what your non-negotiables are and what, what it is, what's important, what you're looking for, because, you know, there, I mean, you know, we're both, Christian, it's very important to both of us. Um, you know, dad, I mean, Christian, he was Episcopal. I was Presbyterian. That was not a deal breaker for me. I'm like, I don't have to be Presbyterian. I can go to the Episcopal church. Deal, not a deal breaker. Honestly, if he was Catholic, that probably wouldn't have been a deal breaker for me. I could have, I could have converted. I mean, I, you know, I would have done that, but you have to know some people might not. I mean, so you just have to know personally, there's no right or wrong answer here. I think it just depends on where you are. I mean, I have friends who have made a beautiful relationship work where one is Christian and one is Jewish. And I mean, you go, go figure, but they've made it work. But I think they both knew going into it, they had the discussions, they had the discussions if we have kids, we're going to raise the kids Christian, but we'll celebrate or we're going to we're going to introduce both religions to the kids. We're going to do both and then maybe let them decide there's no right or wrong. That personally wouldn't have worked for me personally for me that that would not have worked. I wanted to raise my kids Christian. Um, 
but that doesn't mean that somebody else, it can't work for them. But I think the important thing is just knowing what your values are, what's important to you, what is your per minute mile that you're walking in, in that lane, in your faith lane, and what your parameters are that you need in a partner and you need to make that work and it needs to be discussed because I think a lot of times what happens is you know it's like oh I can tell that I'm dating him and it's not as important to him as it is to me but surely if we get married and I'm going to church and it's if I'm going to Bible studies and I'm reading the Bible and it's important to me it's going to become just as important to him that is wrong it's not if it's not important to him going into it, it's probably not going to be important to him as as the marriage continues. It may, but you can't count on it. Yeah, you can't like have those discussions and don't bet on. I mean, Andy Stanley says it so well. He says, don't look at someone's promises. Look at their patterns. What I mean, someone could promise all day if in the honeymoon phase. Oh, yes. If you want to go to church all the time, I will go to church all the time. And and it's like, but do they do they look at what they're actually doing? Um, So I, I think that's so solid. All right. Moosing on along. What are some of your deal breakers? Ooh, this is a fun question. I'd actually love to know what your deal breakers. Okay, because you're not dating anymore. You haven't been dating for a hot second. I guess you always date your husband though, right, right? But if you were like dating right now, mom, in your 20s, what would be some of your deal breakers? Um, Deal breakers would be someone that I couldn't trust. I, that was just important to me. I had dated people, you know, before that weren't, that weren't faithful and then that trust was broken. And I just realized that was not good for me. I mean, like that wasn't a good, I don't, I want to say I don't forgive people, but it's really hard if I've don't, if if you've broken your trust with me, I have a hard time trusting again. So, um, so that was important. I wanted somebody who I could trust. And, um, and another thing I think for, especially for women with men, I think it's was really, it's important to watch how a guy treats his mother. Mom, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yes, I do. Treats his mother and his siblings, if he has siblings, because I think that is a very, very good indication of of how you will be treated. And um, I just think that's, that that's important. You know, it, it, yeah. it says a lot. So for me, a deal breaker would be, I was always a little hesitant when people, and I understand family situations, but if somebody was estranged from their family, that was red flag for me, like what's going on, you know, and, and I know that happens and I'm not, I'm not saying it's a hard no, but I would have to learn more. You know, it was a red flag because I think family relationships are important. And, um, and you know how I am with that. It's like, I will, I will fall on the sword and say, I'm sorry to keep the relationship intact. Cause I just think family's that important. I don't think any argument is worth the 
cost or the expense of a relationship, a family relationship. So with a guy, I, I think it's important to me to see that they had that relationship with their family. So that was important to me. And I wanted, you know, a deal breaker for me would have been also somebody who really didn't take care of their body that wasn't yeah. healthy physically, just because that's important to me. That would have been a mismatch. Um, somebody who didn't like to travel. I love to travel. That was important to me. They were just, you know, some, I don't know. Those are some things. I love that. And I think it, you know, for example, the health, like that's one of my deal breakers is someone who isn't, um, it doesn't take care of their health. And I think cause some people are like, can't that be a deal breaker? Is that too, you know, superficial? And it's like, well, not when health is a value of yours, it is a value of mine. So like, you've got to be aligned yes. on, on yes. health. And, um, yeah, I, I, I love trust. Just yeah, you just have to see, like, is it compatible? I mean, I know, I mean, you know me, I'm sort of in the camp of what, what is it? I eat to live. I don't live to eat, but there are a lot of people out there and I've dated them where they live to eat. Like their fun is going out and trying a different restaurant every night. Oh my God, I, I wouldn't make it. I mean, that would just not that sounds horrible. That would not work for me. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's like, but there are a lot of people out there would look at like what your dad and I do, where we're just like, you know, oh, a bowl of yogurt is fine for dinner. They would think yeah. that was the, just the worst thing in the world. So it's just all about what works for you. I love that. For me, the only thing I would add, trust huge, family huge. I just think coming from our family, we're so close. Like it would be a deal breaker if someone didn't want a family or, you know, isn't, you know, yeah, isn't, uh, like you said, just... Well, I guess their situations are different, but the only thing I would add is like just faith, you know, like I think mm -hmm. for me, and this might be different for some other people, but the way I've always put it is the person I eventually see myself ending up with loves God more than they love me. Because I think a lot of people make their relationship, their God in their life. And that is just a role that no wife or husband should ever hold in their spouse's life. Um, all right. What are some red flags or what should some red flags be if you are a Christian woman? Hmm. I would say pride. You know, I, mm -hmm. I look at, I've been reading Genesis and studying it and like just looking at Adam and Eve and I think pride, like they were partners, they were partners together. And I think you know, a guy that, and maybe this is just because I've been listening to so many sermons on this, because this is probably going to be like a situation of mine, or it's been in the past, but someone that isn't comfortable with you as a woman being successful financially or in your career, or maybe having moments where you quote unquote outshine them or like someone who can't handle that that's a, I mean, that's a red flag for me is, is just pride. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that's a huge red flag and sort of goes into that where, um, as a, as a Christian woman, I think you, you know, when you see those men out there that truly have those narcissistic cape, you know, tendencies where it's, it's all about them. It all comes back to them, the sort of that self-absorption, they're just, you know, that it, it's me, 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 me. Um, I think that's just a huge red flag when everything, no matter what it is, I mean, I always say it's, it's not all about you. It's, you know, sometimes it's about you, but it's not all about you. 
all the time. And so I think that that to me, that's a red flag as well. I love that. Love that. Um, okay. So one of my good friends actually asked this, do you ever worry, this is going to be for you, mom, about running out of things to talk about when you marry someone? I guess like thinking that actually know this because you told, but that there's a lot of life to be lived. Are you going to run out of things to talk about? That's such a cute question. Um, so no, I, I really don't. And I will say that, I mean, I've never thought about that, but I'm um, probably because your dad talks so much. I mean, you know, <laughs> so much. I, I really don't talk that much. He talks a lot. Um, so, but with that said, I think that the thing about marriage is, it, it's just life. I mean, there's always, there's always, there are always things going on. You know, if you have kids, there are things with your kids. There's things with, if you own a house or with the house interests that you're doing, your family, you know, friends, there, there's just always life going on work. Um, and it's always evolving. It's always changing. And yeah, I can, that's pretty much one thing I can guarantee. I don't think you ever run out of things to talk about. The one thing I will say, and your dad and I have done this before, is I do think it's important though. I mean, we would, when y'all were little, we were pretty religious about every Thursday night was date night. And that was your granddad um, would come over and babysit y'all while we would go out. And it was really just a gift to us is, is when y'all were growing up. But, um, but we found ourselves, we had one rule and when we were out, sort of y'all were off limits. Like we, we, could, we could talk about anything but the kids because you sort of find as when you have kids, they really can become just, that's all you talk about because it's, it's just so, so all consuming, you know? And so sometimes we would, but we really tried to make an effort to talk about other things, other things in our lives. And I think that's important as people get married and they do have kids is to try to make sure that you, you know, and it, and it could be something else. Maybe you have a sick parent, maybe you have a, a job that's going on. And if there's certain, there's certain things that when you go out on that date night that just become, what do I call them? Like hot buttons. They just, it's not a great topic. It's just a, you know, it's like, don't, don't do it there. It's not the place for that topic. And you just sort of say that topic is off limits tonight. Let's talk about something else. This is our date night. So I think that's important too, to put some boundaries up around things to talk about. I love that. And it's so true. I think to articulate this, a lot of people make their children, their God, you know, it becomes everything you devote your time, your energy, your focus, your conversations to. So I love that you and dad did that. I, I know you've mentioned that before to me, but I just think that's very applicable to other people. Um, even, you know, let's say that applies to couples that work together. You know, if you work together, it's like, okay, maybe the business is the baby. So let's not talk about the business. It's off limits tonight. So I think that's great. Um, okay, I'll take this next question. Which, well, actually, I'd selfishly love to hear your response. So just fill in my gaps where you see fit. But I'll kind of combine two questions. One is, what's your opinion on things or casual dating nowadays? And then another question is, how do you know a guy is serious about you? So I'm going to kind of combine those and give my response there. Um, I'm a big believer. I mean, call me old-fashioned, but... I'm a big believer that like if a guy is serious about you or likes you, he will make it known. 
Um, and you know, the whole things cat, like the whole, Hey, you want to hang out? And no, I'm, my whole thing is if, if, you know, just for me personally, I'm not going to ever consider someone being interested in me or interested in being in a relationship with me or wanting to date until they literally ask me on a date. I just think that because then you know the intention. Um, and just for my for my women out there, or men for that matter, I mean, you are single. You are single until someone intentionally takes you on a date, tells you what they're feeling, and tells you what their intention is. If you don't know what their intention is, it means they've never communicated it with you. And if they've never communicated it with you, it either means one, they don't know for themselves what it is and you're being played with, you're being toyed with, you're being used as a cushion for them doing some internal work on an insecurity they're running away from. Or two, maybe they're not confident enough yet to talk to you about it. I've heard that before. Like, well, what if a guy is just nervous to tell you? It's like, I'm a big believer. If a guy really has feelings for you, just in my experience, they get to the point where even if they're afraid you're going to shoot them down, they just have to say it because they feel it so strongly that it will be said. And so that's kind of my take on it is you're single until someone tells you what the heck their intention is. And I mean, for my ladies listening, just for what it's worth and my experience, like until that said, I mean, I don't feel obligated to say yes to invitations to hang out when they want to or go to things when they want me to. No, I mean, I'm in, under no obligation to spend my time on you if you haven't told me what the intention is. So that's my take. I don't know if you'd add anything to that, Mom. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think it's really important. I mean, as far as like, I mean, if you're wanting to just have a friend and show up and I guess the casual, you know, dating out. I'm not even really sure what that means, but you know, just that that's all. I don't think anyone knows what that means. Uh, somebody's wishing me happy birthday. Sorry about that. Um, but anyway, so, you know, casual, um, dating. I mean, if, if it's something you want, then that's fine. But I could not agree with you more in the sense of, how you know if someone really likes you is you know because they've told you and it's not because oh you know they not only told you but they show you it's the actions they show you when you go out they're not playing a game of oh you know i'm not gonna call her for four days because i don't want her to think i'm too eager but i really like her what if you like her call her, text her. I had a great time. I would love to see you again. You know, would you want to put it out there? And I so respect that because if, if someone is not willing to do that in the dating phase, you've got to realize that's going to carry over into, even if it does progress and with the little games, you continue to progress the relationship and it goes further and you got married and you had kids, those tendency of those games, it's going to continue. They'll then play games with, you know, are you ready to have kids or raising the kids? And I just, I'm such a believer in a relationship just being, just being there. If there's an issue, address it. If you're, if you like something, say it. And if the other person doesn't want to receive it, I mean, okay, move on. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, I, I just, I'm not one to sit there and, and play games. So I just think, you know, because they tell you and you watch the actions and that's how you know. Yes. And in that order, because I can hear people saying in the background, well, actions speak louder than words. And then other people saying, well, words of affirmations are my love language. And it's like, it's both. They tell you and then they do what they say they're going to do. Yep. And it's both, you know? Um, I also think like to what you said, it's a sign of leadership. I, I've told you this before, mom, but my favorite part of like when I've been dating in the past, like of a date is the next day after the date, seeing what they do. Do they show their intention? Like, I'm going to call you again tomorrow. I'd love to go out tomorrow. Or is it a game? And more often than not, because, you know, it's it's typically a game because I think people don't know how to date. And that's when I know, okay, nope, not for me, because that's a sign of their leadership. And, you know, especially as Women, it's like you want to be with someone who is a leader because that's going to impact your ability to lead. And so I think right. that's so good. And it's um, a great indication of how they'll one day lead your family yes. and, lead, you know, your children and your relationship. And it just is indicative of so much more than just do they like me? You know? Yeah. And, and I think people are afraid to think like that so early on in the dating experience. But it is. It's like if a guy is unsure to call you or not and they're not. It's like, well, one day it will be your daughter. It's like, are they unsure to call their own you know, daughter or not? Because, oh, she's busy. Oh, I don't know. It's like, just do it. And the signs of that are trickle into what the family's going to look like later on. So True. I think that that's great. Um, all right. So do, 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 do. let's move on. I'm going to get some, we don't have that much time left and we have like 20 more questions. So let's get into some other, okay. This one's for you. How do you know your relationship is ready to add kids to the picture? That's a great question. <laughs> um, y'all didn't have much of a heads up. <laughs> no, and and I'll I'll say something that I don't know how popular this will be, um, but my thought is, I honestly, I don't know if you're ever really ready for kids. I mean, that sounds crazy. I mean, I, and and I totally appreciate me. Your dad and I were very blessed that we, you know, we we had kids very quickly. We did not have any issues. So I know there are couples out there who are want children so badly and they are ready. They are, they know they are ready. So I say that with, I say this with all due respect, but the other side, I mean, when you're really, if you're, if you're sort of going, well, we, we want to have kids, but we're sort of waiting until this, we're waiting till we have enough money or waiting till this. I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think it, you're never ready. I mean, kids just, they turn your world upside down, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I think there are situations where, I mean, you know, we got married and you're still living with somebody's parents because you haven't bought a house or, I mean, you know, there's certain situations where it's not ideal. I get that. But with all else said, um, sometimes it's, you just have to jump in and you just have to figure it out because it's, Kids are a lot. They change a lot. They, um, they're, it, it's a lot. And nobody, you can't really tell somebody what it's like to have children. You just have to do it. It's one of those things like you can tell somebody how to ride a bike. You can tell them what they have to do, but you just got to get on the bike and do it. And it's sort of like with kids. I mean, you just do it. So if you, 
always say just if you if you want to have kids and it's something you want just take the plunge and and do it you won't regret it i mean i never look back we had kids so much sooner than i thought in our relationship but I don't, you never regret it I mean, you know, because I mean, I hope so. you're talking to one right now on her podcast. Because they're your kids. They're your kids. So I think if I think it's like if, if both of you were, you know, that it's something you want to do, then 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 go for it. Do it. I love that. I won't add because I've never had children. I've never even had a dog. Um, <laughs> so I will definitely not add any knowledge here. All right, next question. I'm in a relationship with someone I really love and I'm afraid of fully letting myself fall in love for fear of getting hurt. Any advice? Um, I'll take this one, Mom. Because I actually had this conversation the other day. I won't say with who. But I did have this conversation the other day with somebody who, similar situation, is in a relationship and had some previous horrible, like to my gut, I say that adjective, horrible relationships that she or he got really hurt in. And that fear of it happening again is coming back up. And what I told that person is something that I know I myself have experienced and I had to remind myself in in other lives is you are guaranteed to get hurt in this life. You're guaranteed to feel pain in this life. I mean, think of one person right now that's in your life that you love a lot. It doesn't it does not have to be romantic. I mean, for me, like mom, you come to mind immediately. This is going to sound so dark, but one day, mom, you are going to die. Like that's so sad. Oh my God, I am deceased. Um, but you will, you're going to die one day and it's going to be like, I can't even think about it. I, I would, I actually, if I start crying, I can't even think about that. Um, I could go my entire life, never letting myself fall in love romantically. And I still will go through things. You potentially, you, well, I mean, you dying. If I don't die first, this is getting very dark, but like dad, Lizzie, McCray, James, Ruthie, Abby, like so many people I love, I could never be in a romantic relationship again. And my heart will get shattered. It will get shattered. And so what I told this person was like, think of your mom, think of your dad. You can't run away from heartbreak. You can't, you're gonna experience it in this world. Jesus said there will be hardships in this world. Jesus warned us about it. So Knowing that, knowing you are going to get your heart broken, why not let yourself experience the good that comes with having a heart that's breakable, aka the ability to fall in love? Yeah, our heart has the ability to get broken and it will, but it also has the ability to fall in love and it can. So why not you, why not let yourself experience the fruit of what your heart can do when it's guaranteed the hard and the bad and the suffering? I don't know if you'd add to that, mom. No, I mean, I think that's spot on. And, you know, I mean, this, excuse me, this, you know, the saddest thing are people who live in fear. I mean, fear of just, of anything, of experiencing life. I mean, because like you said, I mean, pain and hurt is just a part of life. And, but there's nothing worse than not 
going for and just living. And you're, if you're in a box where you're so afraid, all you're trying to do is make sure you don't get hurt. You're, you're going to, you're going to miss out on so much joy and so much love. Um, I can't remember what the saying is. I think it's like from Winnie the Pooh, but it's something like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it, it, it's so hard to let something go. It was sort of in relation to like when you send your kids off to college, it's so hard to let them go. But oh, how lucky am I to love something so much, you know, like where you're just like, oh my gosh, how fortunate am I to love something so much that it hurts so much to let it go? I mean, that's a blessing. And so you, it's, you know, it's like people who don't want to get a pet because they're, they're scared they're going to die. And that's crazy. How, how lucky am I to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard? That's the quote. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love that saying. It's Winnie the Pooh. Was it, it Winnie, was the Winnie the Pooh? I literally typed in Winnie the Pooh goodbye quote. I think that was Winnie <laughs> the Pooh. So it's just, I think that's such a great quote and I love that. And I just, it, I, it, Oh, just don't be one of those people who is, who misses out on all the joy and love life has to offer because you're afraid of getting hurt. Mm -hmm. There's going to be sadness in the world. You're going to get hurt. You're going to have loss. But, but what comes with that is the joy and the love and the abundance. And, oh, it would just breaks my heart to see people not you know, not go and experience that because they're scared of the loss. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And um, I could talk about this for forever. The only last bit I'll add there before we get into our last three questions is I remember in high school, I was in the situation where I had gotten out of a long relationship and I was scared to get into this next one. And my friend looked at me and said, Annie, what kind of knees do you want to have? And I was like, excuse me. And she said, you get to the end of your life and you could have knees that are perfect and pristine. They have no cuts and scars. They have no bruises, but that means you also have no stories. You have nothing to look back on and say, that's when this happened. And that's when I learned that. And that's when I fell off that, but got back up. She's like, you want to have bruised knees. And right now, the way you're guarding your heart, you're not going to have any stories. And it, that just always stayed with me. It's like, I want to have stories when I get to the end of my life of the ways that I opened up my heart and maybe, maybe fell, maybe got bruised a lot, but I have stories. It's so true. It's so true. One of my favorite books when y'all were growing up was called The Blessings of a Skinned Knee, The Blessings of a Bruised Knee, something like that. But it was, it was a parenting book. accurate to her story. She must yeah. have read the book. <laughs> it was, it was, but it was a parenting book. And it basically was talking about how as a parent, you, you, you need to let your kids fall off the bike. You need to let them have a skinned knee because it's the only way they learn. You know, you can't, you can't put your kids in bubble wrap and it, it hurts there's nothing worse as a parent to see your kid hurt, but it's part of life and it's part of their learning and it's a part of their journey. And you're not protecting, you're not doing them any favors by not letting them get hurt uh, within certain parameters, you know? So anyway, but I think that that applies to a lot in life. That's good. I love that. Um, all right. Next or next question. I'm afraid I'll never get married. I've prayed about it for so long. I want it so bad, but I just don't want to want it anymore. It hurts. Have you ever felt that? What do I do? Oh, yes. I have definitely felt this. I um, I mean, Mom, you and I have talked about this so much. For me, 
just being 25 and in that season of life where everyone I know seems to be engaged or in a very serious relationship or getting married and I'm not. And so um, she who shall not be named, I feel you, I understand. And I've definitely gone through seasons where I've boohooed and I've said, why? And, you know, what, what's wrong with me? You know, I've said all the things and what I'll offer as a piece of advice. And then mom, I'll let you give your piece. Cause you've talked me out of jumping off a ledge with this thought so many times is I came to this conclusion and this prayer, God, I'm not giving up, but I'm giving it up. And what I meant by giving it up is like truly giving God that control over timeline. I mean, I could sit here and worry away and be anxious away and put my life on hold while hopefully I find this person, or I could just live my life. And then one day a wonderful person gets to be a character in my story, but I'm not gonna prevent my story from being written until this character shows up. Um, Cause they are a character in your story. They are one person in your, their, your story. They are not your story. Your story began and ended with God. And so don't put some unknown person as the role of God in your life. You know, live your life. And, and it's hard seeing when everybody gets what you've prayed for, but also understand time changes everything. And there might be one day you're in a season where you have things, those very people you're envious of now are praying for things that you have. And that goes for whether you want a husband, a wife, or maybe a baby. Maybe you're going through infertility with your partner. I mean, just regardless. But yeah, don't wait for your story to be written for an, a character that is just one character in the book. No, I think, I mean, everything you said, you know, we've had many talks on this and I think that's exactly right. I mean, you just have to trust in God's timing with everything. And like you said, don't, don't give up on that hope. I mean, you know, be, be hopeful and know that, that, that there is, there is someone out there for you and God's timing will come through, but don't make it such a focus that you stop your life because your life is, 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 is important. Everything you're doing right now is part of your story, like you said, mm -hmm. and every day is a gift and just live it to its fullest and keep doing that and just trust in the timing that, that, that it will all work out the way it's supposed to. I really, really believe that. I do too. And I'll also just add one practical thing that I did that helped me a lot was set goals, like get excited about things for your life that have nothing to do with having a partner. Like I think about my yellow beach house, that's going to be called the sunshine hut with my golden doodle one day that like, I don't need, I don't need a husband for that. I don't need a partner for that. That is mine. And will it happen? I hope so. But the thought of it makes me excited. And I, I planned a lot of those things. And so while you see all these people maybe planning their weddings or just got engaged, like plan things for yourself that maybe like you couldn't do if you had a partner right now so that you appreciate your season of life to be able to do that thing. Um, okay. So let's last two questions. Do, 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 do. Um, I've been looking for someone devoted to the Lord, but I don't know where to look. Hmm. I mean, my first thought is, church. Um, you know, that's attraction marketing right there. But I also understand like in some of the dates I've been on, I'll be honest, some of, I don't know, 
some of the ones from church weren't that great. And so I get it. Like, but I would say you're more likely going to find someone devoted to the Lord at church than you would at like the bar um, right off the bat. But also, I mean, if you're on, into online dating, you can filter, filter to people devoted, filter to people of faith, um, get on like faith-based online dating apps or uh, join a small group or even, I mean, I remember someone once uh, was just talking about the importance of like articulating to your friends that are believers or to couples you're friends with, like, hey, if you know anybody, I mean, we always talk about in sales, the power of referral, it applies to dating. So that's what I would say, mom, what about you? No, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I think it's a combination of, you know, putting yourself in the environment, like you said, the right environment. Um, And then I think you combine that to, who you are and what you put out into the world. I mean, I think, you know, if you, if you're walking the walk and your, your values and your thoughts and you're, you're putting that out there combined with the right environment, that's your best chance of attracting that type of person. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. What is a good first date for guys to ask out girls on nowadays? Things are so complicated, but if I'm actually interested in a girl, what, what do I even, I don't even know what to plan. I think doing something is always fun, like doing an activity, because then you learn, are they good on a team? Are they competitive? Are they not? Um, Sportsmanship. I think it also takes the pressure off of like staring at each other and having to make conversation. You know, it's just like bowling or I don't know. I agree. Like, like something fun, like to go do, go play putt, putt, go bowling. You know, if you're, if you sort of know them, do they like to go walk? Do they like to go hike? Do they like to run? And are they active? Um, Do they like to, I mean, are they, are they foodies? Do a cooking class. I mean, things like that where find something that's sort of an activity. I think that's always great because you can learn a lot, but you've, you, you've got other things going on, which make it sort of nice. So Yes, I definitely agree. Get out and about, get some sunshine. Walking mm-hmm. is great. I remember, Mom, you gave me that advice. Um, like just going on walks because then it's like, well, if it's not a match, at least you got exercise. Yeah. So. <laughs> online. I know where you said it's like, oh, it's like this, you know, this is a no or it's not a click, but at least you kind of. No, actually, you guys, it's so funny. I went through a stint where I did. I went on so many online dates and I was exhausted. And I was telling mom, I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I cannot have another dinner. I am sick of dinners. I never want to have a dinner again in my life. I just can't. And she was like, go on walks. At least then you get exercise. And so I retired from that dating stint for a while now. But when I was on it, I was like, yep, we're going on a walk. That's what we're doing. Um, so yes, take mama best advice. Okay. Last question on both our ends. This is funny. I love this question. I already know the answer to mine. Um, but mom, I'm going to make you go first. What is your funniest date story? Oh gosh. Um, I'm trying to think, I don't know. I've had several sort of weird dates, but um, I guess one was this guy. We went to this like a Moroccan restaurant and it was really awkward. We were like on the, it was like a first date and we had to sit on the ground. 
and these people were coming by like dancing and they didn't really have any clothes on. It was really, we had to eat with our fingers. It was really awkward. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. <laughs> what? That was the first date? Was this in Baybridge? No, it was in Atlanta. I still remember. I should have known. There's some places like on, that. I remember that. No, it was on Peachtree. It was, it was really odd. And I don't, you know, I, I was like, I need utensils to eat with. I don't like eating with my fingers. So it was weird. Utensils? And it sounds like a, a blindfold. Yeah, it was really weird. We're like sitting on the ground. These women were like belly dancing above us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Somebody's listening like, that sounds like a great first date. Oh my gosh, I'm deceased. Well, that is a very ambitious first date of that person. They obviously did not know you very well at all since there no. were no utensils. No, it was a good Germs. try. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Uh, okay, my funniest date story. You know this story, mom. This is, um, it, it, I disclaimer, it ended up being fine. This was with my high school boyfriend. We dated for a few years after this, but it was our first date. There was a free Zach Brown Band concert in Piedmont, no, Centennial Park. So thousands of people. And we were up close. Like there was hundreds of people behind us. And uh, we had Johnny Rockets before. And lo and behold, 14-year-old Annie's, the curly fries did not settle well. And I got food poisoning in the middle of the mosh pit for the free Zach Brown Band concert. And I started projectile vomiting on everyone around me. And, you know, it was close quarters and no one could get me out because the mosh pit. So I just kept throwing up on people. That was our first date. And then eventually security came and got me. They thought I was wasted. And I tried to tell them it was the curly fries, but it was hard to do through the puke. And my, uh, my high school boyfriend held my hair while I threw up. That's probably the funniest date story I've ever had. Mm, I don't know yeah. if that's funny or just unfortunate. So if anyone's encouraged by that. There you go. It can <laughs> only go up from there. So. Only go up from there. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, everyone, we weren't able to get to all your questions, but I hope that the questions we did get to was of value to you, was of service to you. I think my biggest intention was, you know, when I asked you guys what was top of mind relationships was the thing top of mind and i know we live in such a weird day and age dating is weird right now dating is weird even like marriage having kids with social media everything is so scrutinized and i don't even think people really know the standard to which they're judging other people for because we don't have language for it we don't have an idea for it so hopefully this was of value to you just two very normal people a daughter and her mother these are literally the conversations my mom and i have on a regular with my own problems. So I hope that this serves you and, and everything you're going through. And um, mom, any last words you would give the made to shine fam? No, just it was been, a, it's been an honor being here. And um, Annie, I've loved spending this hour with you. Thanks for having me. Thanks mom. All right. All right, Bye, everybody. Hey friend, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me, hang out with my guests and listen all the way through. Hey, listen, before you log off, I have an ask for you. 
I'm not very good at asking people for things. So really putting my foot forward here and asking that if this podcast has in any way, shape or form helped you, helped your friends, helped your family, helped your spirit, helped your soul, helped your mind, helped your body, helped your heart. Would you please, for your friend Annie, leave a review, leave a comment, put some stars out there, be honest, of course, but it would really help me out if you would like and review this podcast, especially if it's made any sort of impact in your life so that it can then go forth and help whoever else God needs to hear this message. I'm sending you love. I'm cheering for you, rooting for you. Let's go have an awesome day. Thank you.